Yup. <laughs> Hello and welcome to, I guess we're calling this episode two. We're scrapping our previous episode two. Albert hated it. I, it was just a lot of, there's a lot of rambling and nonsense and nothing to do with the theme of our podcast. And that's episode two. You guys can do that in episode 40 if you if you actually end up listening to us for that long. Facts. It's a lot of me laughing into the mic for an hour Yeah. about moths and... Just random shit. We're going to try and stay somewhat away from current events, unless it's, like, real relevant. Just because, like, who knows when these are getting uploaded. Don't get me thinking about current events right now, Albert. <laughs> you want to talk about some kind of current event? Don't make me talk about it. Don't make me do it, dude. You no, guys can't I'm see it, but gonna. Natalie's doing some real cringe things with her hands right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Let's... Uh, Did you have anything you wanted to talk about today? I think you're the man with the plan with the notebook. I, um, I'm here. I'm along for the ride. We're going to see how this goes. I, I brought... feel like, yeah, you, you, you definitely, we'll call you host of episode. We'll, we'll alternate hosting each episode. How does that sound? <gasps> yeah. Yeah. That's what a uh, trash taste does. One of my favorite podcasts. Interview me, won't you? Well, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't, it's still a conversation, but <laughs> I guess, um, all right, so one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about today was uh, kind of just daily habits. So we talked a, a little bit of about, about it. I alluded to it on the, uh, well, just chatting with you right before we started. But I'm attempting uh, to live a much more regimented life. And that means literally scheduling everything in that I plan to do for the day. Because it turns out when you plan your day a day before that day, or at least, you know, at the beginning of the day, it's pretty dang helpful in terms of knowing what you want to do and then feeling good about what you did that day. Um, so I guess what I want to ask you is like, what are some of your daily habits or what are some things that you want to make a daily habit for yourself? That's a good question. Um, I'm structured in a sense that there are things I need, I know that I need to do in order to feel my best the following day or just for the rest of the day. So morning and nights for me kind of remain consistent. I don't do a lot of planning what for are, my days. What are what what are those morning and night consistencies? Okay, okay. Like go, go into details. <laughs> I got you. Um, in the morning, I everyone or a lot of people can probably agree that making your bed is yeah. like a really good start to the day. Yep. You're like closing your sleeping ceremony essentially like yeah, absolutely. You're done sleeping. Yeah. Sleep is over. Mm-hmm. Now go do the rest of the day. It's like st- turning the chapter. You're turning starting a new chapter. Yeah, um, I so I need to make my bed. I like, there are days where I have not allowed myself time to do that. And I can like feel sort of off kilter at work even. I'm not even in that space anymore. They're I'm like, oh, yeah. I didn't make my bed this morning. It's like <laughs> it everything feels, feels off. Like there's something like, it feels like there's like something on like your back, right? There's like a little, little yeah. gross feeling. Of like, then you go home and you see your unmade bed and you're like, oh. It's like, bro, come on. Um, shout out to my grandpa. Because uh, <laughs> he's the one who started making me make my bed. Hell yeah. I, uh, before moving out to Colorado, lived with him for probably like eight or nine months. Oh, nice. And um, he would never accept an unmade bed. It was always... It's like I would like be doing work or something and you look at the bed and you go, What the hell, man? Make your bed. And Grandpas like, are so structured. <laughs> they, I mean, yeah, when you get old, it's like you don't have time for bullshit. Right? You also have time to make your bed like ten times in the morning if you want. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and then... Like, it's my grandpa, right? It's not even, like... Like, you like you can argue with, like, a parent. But, like, I'm not going to argue 
my grandpa. Like he just looks at me and is just like the the like the stare. It's not it's not even like a disappointment. It's just like while I'm waiting for you to do it, like there's no other option. Like there I there was I never another gr- option. <laughs> I wish I had that dynamic because growing up, I lived with my grandparents probably equally to how I lived with my mother. So I lived with my mom fifty percent of the time, grandparents fifty percent oh, okay. of the time. So I kind of saw them as parents. No, absolutely. Uh, and I definitely argued with them constantly. Uh, but they were, you know, grandparents at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. they were probably more lenient with me. I didn't have to argue with them yeah. as much. They probably would let me. I'm, my grandmother made me French toast every morning, which is like basically a dessert. Yeah. Uh, so When you're a kid, that's amazing. I know, right? No, I feel that because uh, in, in Chinese culture, um, at, at least what happened in my family was like my mom had me like my mom and dad were that like they but like after they had me like the first few weeks cool like very like in with me but like after a little bit they go back to work right like you have to go back to work right. and then the grandparents fly in so it was both my mom's mm. uh parents on her side so uh like they're both alive and kicking which i'm very grateful for my dad's side uh, you know later on my I, I'm, I'm i'm rambling now I'm, i digress but basically um like really young ages they're the ones who took care of me funnily enough they were pretty much separated both my grandparents which is what i was trying to get into before i completely digressed they came back to like basically to tolerate each other to raise me and my sister which i thought was awesome because they're great with me and my sister but not with each other That's interesting, though. I can't imagine being in that sort of place in life where you have to... Like, I have a hard enough time working through problems with the people in my life that I actually want to have in my life. And then I can't imagine, you know, divorcing and then having to co-parent with someone that you don't even, like, necessarily want. I wouldn't even call it, like, a co-parenting. It's just, like, they know that we are their grandchildren and, like, they don't give a shit. Because, like... The, the fact that we are their family, like, their grandchildren, like, put us, uh, like, way above, like, in terms of priority in their mind, like, above their squabbles kind of thing. Also, in China, I don't think, like, divorce is a real thing, so they, mm. they're more just, like, they didn't live with each other. They, they're, like, sick and tired of each other. It's kind of, like, always arguing yeah. thing. But that's beautiful to me because it's really easy to, if you're, if you love someone and you care about them and you both have similar views of the world and yeah. things are always so easy. Like you say something and they know exactly what you mean mm-hmm. or you agree on where you should go or what you should do or thoughts and opinions. Like that's easy, but you get to really, really know someone when you have disagreements yeah. or if for, for their sake, they have like a shared grandkids. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think that's a beautiful way to connect with a human being is if you, are rooted in disagreement. Does that make sense? I guess so. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that was a nice tangent from just making your bed. <laughs> <laughs> grandparents that are divorced are super cool because they make you make your bed. I think grandparents just have a special charm to them just because they've been through so much life and being a parent is no longer new to them. Right. So they get to just spoil you with love and do... I want to be a grandparent. Crazy shit. Dementia runs in my family, so... That's scary. Yeah, I think it skips a generation, too, so my grandmother has it. And Your mom does? I mean, not yet. Or I don't know. Dad, I don't know which side. Uh, it's my mom's side. So, like, in theory, I'm going to get it. 
And, and it's, know, like, interesting yeah. to witness someone that grew up, I grew up, they, they, they raised me, mm-hmm. and now they don't even know who they are or who I am. And thinking, like, oh, my God, when I'm older, like, that's going to be me. But is there a way to, like, spin it to be positive? Like, am I going to just be, like, a cool, crazy old lady that's stealing people's mail, but no one can really yell at me because I'm crazy? And uh, Well, I think one of the cool things that you can do knowing that that might be an obstacle for you later in life is like besides like preventative measures and stuff you can always it, that, that sounds like one of those reasons where it's like yeah make your life like live your life to the fullest because like you're not gonna be in the right headspace when you're older and you have all this time to like make sure you leave a good impression kind of thing Right, I'm well, not going to remember of, like, any of this when I'm older. Yeah, on so. the side of preventative stuff, I mean, I know there's a lot of, like, research done into stuff that, like, you can delay it with, <sighs> I, like, I, I don't know enough about it, but... I don't know, my grandmother did so much, like, she lived a very healthy lifestyle, she's, like, very active, and yeah. even, like, as an older woman, she was very active, she trained her brain really well, she'd do Sudoku every morning, you know, the old lady mm-hmm. things, um... It's one of those things where I heard it's like basically work your brain. She worked her brain intensely Tirelessly. and um, like cooking and sewing and like she was always doing something that didn't involve just like numbing out and watching TV. Um, so her brain was always active yet like it didn't help anything like she's still it's a disease at the end of the day yeah. i don't really think you can prevent something like that maybe there's like a supplement one day that we'll discover that will you've got like what 40 50 years technology's <laughs> going crazy i don't know i'm at the point where i kind of accepted it i don't want to be hopeful that i'm not gonna get it um it'll be like interesting to experience i suppose i've never gone crazy before <laughs> <laughs> that's one hell of a way to think about it. <laughs> so I respect that. I respect that a lot. Um, yeah, I think what I think one of the cool things that I heard, which was like one of the kind of like preventative things, was like learning languages is also really good for that because it forces your brain. Yeah, to think she in spoke ways. two languages. Yeah, which is like that's amazing. So I know you're working on your French. I am Duolingo. Mm-hmm. Je m'appelle Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, working on is the key <laughs> like working on is key right there yeah all right well back to my routine uh i make my bed mm-hmm. i the thing is i i hate talking about this because i've kind of been off my routine the past couple weeks use this podcast as a way to hold yourself accountable i know okay so in a perfect world I guess we'll, we'll say Sorry. that That's way. I'm turn. not like, I do this every morning. This is a, it's a podcast about humanity. All right. We're not perfect. I don't do this every single morning. Um, would I like to? Yes. What is and the our, are our days where I do them way better? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Should I think about that on days? I don't do it probably, but on a perfect day, mm-hmm. I will get up, make my bed, mm-hmm. sit at my yoga mat, do a little yoga flow, repeat some mantras. Um, and it's got a singing bowl, so that's something that I just started incorporating in my that's cool routine. Yeah, it like really hones in the space in a way that I've never been able to do before. I haven't used like sound therapy. I've played like singing bowls on my phone before, but it's just not the same. It's not the same. No, it really isn't. After experiencing the singing bowl at, at Kenny's workplace, that thing is awesome. There's a singing bowl 
at the yeah they have a singing bowl at, at, at the float center where it's in the it's in the front by the front desk it's like one mm. of the shelves okay i've only used it once we'll, we'll we'll use it again when when we go back there okay okay those things are so fun because also if you're not in the right headspace i've noticed i can't get it to resonate <laughs> it's like your energy's attached to it and it knows um but so that habit would be making so basically like making your bed and then doing yoga is right. that what you're saying? Just okay. like taking time for myself because once I start my day, mm-hmm. and by start my day, I mean my work day or whatever like mm-hmm. responsibilities as someone that exists in a society needs to do, I'm not able to really be in a space that's my own. Right. Like there's always other factors coming into play. Mm-hmm. Even if I go on a walk during work, like... You're still thinking about work. Still it's still in the middle work. of work day. Yeah. I, I, I know that I need to go back to work, you know, like I need to walk back eventually. Yeah. Um, but j- just to be able to sit down and not think about anything else uh, is really important for me to like set roots for the rest of the day too. So that if anything happens during my day, like I have some sort of grounding. Well, so it's interesting you bring this up because uh, I, I, I just came from the gym before we started doing this podcast or uh, today's episode. And that was because, like, one of the things that I realized, like, over time, in probably the last, like, two or three years, is that after I exercise, my brain is, like, it feels, like, way sharper. Like, way sharper, way more creative. Like, you can get a lot more work done. You'll feel a lot better about yourself because you've already gotten your workout in, in the, you know, in the beginning of your day. Um, and even if you can't do a full workout, just like a little bit of rigorous exercise or just like something that pushes your heart rate up basically is, is just so good for your brain. 100%. It's like incredibly good for your health. So I started noticing this initially when, um, I have the side gig where I write like kind of voiceover lines for like a, for a League of Legends gaming highlight channel. And I, I, I happened to realize that like I write a lot better and more confidently after I go to the gym. And now after a couple of years, it's like, why don't I just like make it so my regimen is like, I go to sleep early enough. So I have time to exercise and do stuff before my work day. And then I'll be like 20 times more productive during my work day. Oh yeah. There's definitely like signs behind what chemicals are released in your brain and how it's going to affect you hours later. Mm -hmm. But also like looking at it from a spiritual lens, you're letting out all that stuck energy in your body and like releasing it. If you just do some sort of somatic movement. Yeah. Especially Uh, after sleeping, you're just still for. Yeah. And you need to be able to release that energy in order for like creative juices to be able to flow through. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. like they're going to get stuck like a dam. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, exercising before doing any sort of mental task is definitely going to improve your productivity yeah. and just ability to think and feel good. Because, like, I've, I've noticed the times that I've gone to work after I've done, like, rigorous uh, exercise before work, which isn't common for me. Like, mm. working out first thing in the morning rigorously is not something that I enjoy doing. <laughs> I like to take things slow in the morning. But there have been times where I've gone to work a little bit later in the day, so I was able to get a work in around a workout in around noon. And uh I actually enjoyed the work that I was doing that I typically like didn't yeah. like doing. For mm-hmm. some reason, like my just being able to have my wheels turning and everything making sense right away uh yeah. was really good. And now that's an interesting note because you say you normally don't like doing more rigorous exercise in the morning 
like that's not something you do but i think one of the interesting things that kind of um is is somewhat on topic with uh with what we're doing here on on the podcast is very like kind of delving into you know like just improving in life and doing 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 things like that is um one of the books that i read uh i think it's been a year now is uh, atomic habits by james clear and oh yeah really popular book yeah extremely popular book and for good reason uh really easy to read very uh and extremely good at teaching you how to build those habits and one of the things that he says um that works for me especially is instead of changing the habit until it becomes like a part of your identity it's change your identity mentally first so that the habits are easier to do so instead of like Mm. go to the gym every day or like you know three or four times a week every week for like two or three years then you become kind of like oh i'm a guy who works out it's like no you first change your mind to say i am an athlete therefore i do what athletes do therefore it's just natural that i go to the gym before i go to work like i wake up early to get a workout in so i can be more productive at work so it's almost like it's almost like you're convincing yourself right so like even just your wording there was i don't normally do what did you say well, I said that I don't typically work out before work because I enjoy taking things slower. And I, yeah. I see what you're saying, but I like kind of disagree with you mm-hmm. in terms of I know what works for me and I don't want to be that athlete that gets up at 5 a.m. and works out. Like I can do that after work. Like I'd much prefer to do it to work out before dinner mm-hmm. and have a slow morning. Like yoga technically is moving my body. Like I'm doing what I know like yeah. feels good for but me. But just getting some form of exercise in, in the morning is good. Right, right. But I don't want to convince myself like I could totally bench lift. If I, like I'm sure I can. Do I yeah. want to? Do I feel like that's a necessity for me? No, I don't. But like rigorous exercise is also like it's completely and, and being an athlete, right? Mm-hmm. is very different in in the perception of everyone's mind right it's totally different for me from what it is for you because like i just did a session of chest funnily enough so yeah i was just benching but like that's not something that you care about right so it's not like something you need to force yourself to do it's very much just like getting the heart rate high enough and uh what i heard on a different um i guess i don't know if it was a podcast or a lecture but it was like basically like you're the exercise is hard enough to where you're challenging your mind where your mind says i'm done i don't want to do this and you say no just a little bit more and yeah, I, and I, I agree with that because yeah. you just said like you were you were enjoying those boring tasks you normally don't like doing during that work day and i think that's really interesting i don't i don't do that job anymore that's the the job i used to have oh, okay. um working in a lab mm-hmm. uh i was just more susceptible to entering the flow state of i already know how to do this job mm-hmm. i don't overthink anything mm-hmm. i can just do it i was doing it way faster like i have to run in between the lab and my office so i was just like going back and forth between the lab and my office i was doing things a lot faster than i normally do so my productivity was just a lot higher mm-hmm. and i felt good yeah I felt really good but do you want to try that for the job you currently have I should try it and then like talk about my experience. Yeah. So the thing is like with the, I should try it. It's like, I'm learning. It's like, just like, like it's, it's hard, but like set a week to do it. And then after you're done with that week, it's like, if it worked, it's like, fuck it, do it not for another week. Like, I know. I know. I, going, I, at the going. end of the day, I just, I try to set boundaries with myself on what it is, is worth improving on and what isn't worth improving on for mm-hmm. me. Like, like I'm saying I should try it because it's not 
on my top priority list of things that I want to improve on. Mm -hmm. I think um, the fact that I haven't done yoga in the past couple of weeks in the morning is something that that's like step one. <laughs> get back yeah. to what you're get, like. Get back to yoga. Like light get back exercise to me. Like what makes me feel most like myself and like happiest. So let, I mean, I guess uh, let me pick your brain on that. You said you have this list of priorities of stuff that you want to get better at. What does that include? Um, I've been slowly getting better at structuring to make sure, like working out, for example, Mm. um, making sure that I'm going to the climbing gym twice a week Mm. is something that I have been doing over the past month, which is back muscles. It's been good. It's been good to make sure that I'm going twice a week. It's not something I'm forcing myself to do every day because that's where I make a mistake. I'm like, burn yourself out. (laughs) I do that all the time. And that's like with the boundaries thing. If I'm going to make a goal for myself, it needs to be like baby steps sustainable Mm -hmm. don't say that you're gonna go to the climbing gym every day after work because life happens man i can't do that every day like there are days where i'm gonna have to get other things done and see people and do xyz and if i set a goal that i can't reach and then i like miss out on one metric of it because you know life happened then i'm gonna feel really guilty for no reason because i just set an unrealistic goal yeah so you just said something that i i find um that I've been journaling about and doing stuff about uh, like thinking about the last two days, which is really interesting, which is, it was like, you have to see friends or do this. And like some, you know, some shit just happens where it's like, you got to go do that. Um, where basically I've been learning about like, it's called like essentialism, I -hmm. guess, where it's like to get really good at the things that you want to prioritize. Um, and I'm not going to use like rock climbing as an example, because rock climbing is like a good example of like exercise you want to do and be consistent with, but not like, I want to be the best. Right. It's more like something like, oh, like my work or like my, my skill in like video or audio editing or like this podcast where it's like, um, basically, if you imagine those who are listening, like draw a circle, right? And that circle, you just write on, in the middle of it. This is your energy. Now, realistically, draw an arrow and write something down that you currently give a shit about and are putting energy towards. The thing is, the the more things that you have that you're giving your energy towards, the less your primary goals are being prioritized, and therefore the less you're going to achieve that goal that you want to set. It's going to happen, but it will happen a lot more slowly. So, I've gone through, like, every, I think everyone goes through cycles of these throughout their life, uh, of, like, what you want to prioritize. So, I realized, like, after thinking about essentialism and stuff, like, Last year was, like, hey, I moved to Colorado. Like, this was all, like, real work-focused, like, adventure, like, learning. And so that was that kind of, like, season of I'm going to say yes to a lot of things because I want to try a lot of different things. Like, I moved yeah. here and I did, like, like I was doing, like, uh, like first thing was to find a gym. Second thing was, like, I wanted to, I wanted to learn how to do, like, uh, like dancing. So I was, like, I took, like, salsa and bachata classes. Seriously? Yeah. And then uh, I also wanted to be better at, like, uh, just vocal stuff, right? So I took voice lessons um, okay. for the first, like, month or so. And so I was just saying yes to everything, like, trying a bunch of different things. And, like, volleyball was a huge point in my life. And I was like, I really want to focus in on volleyball and get a lot better on that. So I dropped a lot of the other things. Not conscious of this kind of, like, essentialism philosophy. I don't think it's a philosophy, but kind of mindset. Right. But in... And it's like, yeah, I started going like three times a week and working out to get better at volleyball. So certain, a lot more certain like specific tailored like leg exercise and stuff. And yeah, I got a lot better, a lot more 
quickly too. I went back home to Connecticut in October and played with my old friends who taught me how to play. And they're like, dude, what the fuck? Wait, was it easier to play in Connecticut than it is here? Uh, what like altitude wise? Yeah. Y- yes, I was getting like during long rallies, like I was not getting nearly as tired as as I was here, which is an awesome point of Colorado where it's like. If you're up in elevation and you go down to sea level, it's like life is easier there. You can crush everyone. Yeah. But that's kind of like that essentialism thing. And so like what one of the things I realized is that like I want to start getting really good at what I do for work and kind of just focus on building skills that I can use to build a business or like make money and just be kind of more... I guess the the phrase I'm looking for is like be irreplaceable or be close to irreplaceable for things like work. Like Mm. be good, like get really good at shit because as it stands, like I'm still on the entry level side of my job and it's like, I want to be so good that they have to give me more money, but also that I, I'm, I'm unique. Right. And so like to do those things, like I realize, like, you know, I'm not having time for this shit because like I wrote this this like these things down and it's like all right like i'm giving way too much time to like like i'm doing like D, but also like my commentary thing we have this podcast like i want to also like keep up like journaling and meditation and reading and then like also but i also want to do hikes and like but and i was also considering like starting my own youtube channel and streaming and it's like you're gonna lay fucking 10 bricks down for each thing and never build a house don't you know people that have a million things going on just have more time in the day <laughs> we have more than 24 hours i don't know about you no so yeah i i fucking wish right <laughs> and so i guess one of the things that i realized for this kind of essentialism thing is like it it's gonna suck but like unless i'm committing to making something good it's not worth laying those couple of bricks down to never make a house right like it's cool it's good to try them and see if you really vibe with them and for a lot of things i did and so for a a good example that is volleyball where it's like i put a good couple of years into this i built a skill it's hella fun i love it it's great exercise it's great for your body uh but i'm gonna start cutting some of that out to focus more on like learning skills and work same thing with the gym like i'm gonna go to the gym like i'm going like three four five times a week so i'm gonna limit it to like three so i have more time to do work so unknowingly you're following the concept called the wheel of life which um... tell me what is the wheel of life? <laughs> I've, I've legit never heard of that what is... uh well it sounds like you're doing a really good job at like reassessing what requires your attention because you can't give your attention to everything constantly and that's why it seems like some people have more time in the day to do things is because they're focusing on different sectors of their life at different times and they're building their skills separately from the other ones you can't do you can't just like throw yourself in the deep end of the pool and expect to be good at everything yeah if you work on it all at once you're right about like you can't build a house like that yeah <laughs> what was the the term you used uh it's it's like when you're building a bunch of skills it's like you're laying down bricks like as a foundation for a house but like if you're laying down like a couple of bricks for 10 different things you'll never build one house got to because you're got working you. on 10 different houses right so the, the wheel of life concept um very similar to what you said about drawing a circle because mm-hmm. this also involves drawing a circle you're, if you're going to reassess your goals or what you want to focus on, it's basically making a pie chart of the things in your life that are important to you. Your core values, not necessarily core values, but sectors of your life like relationships, work, It's hobbies. the stuff that like you're not going to give up. 
right. exactly yeah. things that would inquire require your attention yeah. um meditating reading blah 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 and it should all be able to be measured on the metrics of improvement something that you can improve on mm-hmm. and you're basically going to be giving each section of the pie chart a size based on how much you think you have put into it where you are in improving it like let's say you're working on climbing and you feel as though you haven't been putting enough time into climbing your skills aren't getting any better you can improve like tenfold on your abilities and your skills that section of the pie chart is going to be very small because there's Mm. a lot of space that would need to be filled Mm. in order to fill the circle and let's say like your family life is going really well the relationships with your family members are really healthy you don't have any problems you Mm -hmm. have good solid communication with family that part of the pie chart is going to be completely full because you don't have any like space to improve on it and now you have a visualization of what needs focus in your life and you can give like a number to it like i need to give 70% more into this section because mm-hmm. it's like very tiny and just like definitely needs my attention. And, and you want it to grow. Exactly. The things you're Everything that attention. should be in the circle is something that you would want to be full. Yeah. I think the, I guess where this all came from is I always knew this and I think everyone knows this. Everyone knows this, but it's like what you actually do with the knowledge, right? It's like your time, the, the knowledge is that your, your time and attention are, the most valuable things in this world like as a human like your time and attention is everything like even if you wanted to say like focus on like you set like a two-hour block to work right and you realistically finish your work in like 45 minutes and you have like an hour and 15 it's like you can go do something else but like what if you actually just sat there for that hour and 15 or at least like an hour and just thought about work oh my god because it's like it sounds it sounds stupid and, and near like mentally insane but it's like chances are in that hour like if you're dedicating that time like you're going to think of some shit that like people aren't because they're too busy scrolling on their phone or listening to a podcast <laughs> or doing something else that isn't their attention like not fully focused on something I definitely feel like if you're going to do that you got to have a pen and paper though anything i think oh, yeah, about yeah, yeah. just like ad lib it's gone. <laughs> yeah. So here's a here's a really good I think this is Alex Hormozzi said this is um the brain is created to think, not to remember. I like that. Oh no, I don't think it was Alex Hormozzi. I think it was Ali Abdal, um, but also a fantastic YouTuber, that guy. Um yeah. It was the brain is created to think and to be creative. To create. Yeah. Not, not to remember. That's why we have apps, that's why we have pen and paper, that's why we have tools. So it's like Every time I think about, like, if I'm listening to an informative podcast, if I'm reading a book or something, reading a book is kind of different, but, like, even reading books is, like, if you're not writing down and using what you're reading or learning about, it's going to feel good. It's going to hit those, like, those dopamine receptors or whatever the hell, like, receptors you, like, it's going to feel good. But you're not going to, if you don't use it, then it's not worth anything. It's the same sort of dopamine hit as if you were to eat something delicious or take a puff of a cigarette. Like, one of my favorite books of all time, it's called Free Play 
and my high school band director gave it to everyone that graduated essentially like mm-hmm. once you graduated you got a book of free play he unfortunately passed before my senior year mm-hmm. so i had to buy it years later i like forgot that he had done that i never got the book but then i saw someone post about it. i'm like i need to buy this book and um in the book it's basically talking about the improvisation of life and just being able to let energy move through you in a, a way that you're actually able to create and put your thoughts to action mm-hmm. and he uses a reference of a roman god kadir and he is the god of muse and mm. basically the the tale is that this god of muse whispers in your ear to like scholars to artists to creators what they should be putting out right and, like you get the muse you get the muse whispering to you and it's your job to use your um whatever you have at your disposal to kind of your muse like the 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 definition of a muse is like your reason for doing something right uh well no the muse is the idea is the idea yeah um it's like the concept it's what's getting you going like oh my god like i just i got the best idea now i have to like put it to action if you don't put it into into action the tale is that it disappears and it never exists again yeah no that that makes sense yeah um one of the thing one of the uh i watched a video recently by casey neistat um that new yorker youtuber i i yeah. talked to you about and he he somewhat recently moved back to new york city from la and like when he went to la it was to focus on family and do family stuff he you know kids and like they wanted to go to school but they moved back to new york and one of the things he realized, and he made a video on this, is like, New York City is my muse. Like, every day I walk out and it's like, you live in this city and it's like, you get slapped in the face with a story. And he's like, I have to make a video about this. Yeah, I guess um, a better definition would be like, inspiration. Yeah, very it's much. your inspiration. Um, but it also, like, inspiration tied to the very seedling of what you're going to end up creating. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another theory that if you don't listen to the muse, that it's going to go to someone else. Which oh, is absolutely. equally as terrifying. It's it's very... I mean, I totally believe that, right? Because, like, even if it's a tale or whatever, it's like... Eventually, someone's gonna have a similar idea to you and do what you did before you do it. Do do what you wanted to do before you do it. And that's, like... That's that horrifying thing. Is like, that's because I was lazy. That's because I didn't want to take action. That's because I was afraid of taking action. Right. Yeah. And you you feel really good when you get the idea and you think that that's where it can end because it's hard to to start working mm-hmm. on the idea. It's not going to be perfect the first time. You're going to have to try again. Yeah. You're going to have to try it a different way. You're going to have to learn skills that maybe you don't have. And like a lot of people aren't willing to put in the work for that. And like I fall victim to it a lot. But to take action is the most important part, which I have to give you props for because you really wanted to do this podcast <laughs> and here we are sitting and making it work. I had to listen to the muse. Like I, I can't like living yeah. my life, just having a million ideas and then getting really, really excited about them. You kind of like crash from a sugar high once the idea floats away. Yeah. Because eventually you haven't it's done gonna. anything about it. Exactly. Um, and one of the things I, I learned from uh, watching uh, and, and reading a little bit about, oh God, my train of thought is escaping me, is uh, uh, Alex Formosi said, basically, like, oh, shit. Uh, I can't remember now. Where did my train of thought go? It just derailed. He said, do, 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 do. This is what happens when you consume too much media in a day, even if it's good for you. Oh, 100%. 
I don't remember half the shit I've read. And so when you're like, I'm going to talk about the books that I've been reading. I'm like, oh my God, what have I been reading? Yeah, that I can I've been remember? like bouncing between a lot of different books. We can go on this tangent if, if, if the thought pop, pops back, but it'll, it'll, it'll maybe come. Um, man, that's really annoying me that that thought is just gone because it felt like a pretty good topic to bring up. <laughs> uh, either way, um, one of the books I just got was Mark Manson's The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, and that's very much about essentialism. Uh, and the first chapter is literally like, ye- people are... It's hard to live in today's world because there's so many things to give a fuck about because we're so exposed to everything in the world. Right. That, like, you're... Like, everyone is giving out too many fucks. And the and the title of the book is a little misleading because it's like, oh, it, it almost sounds like, oh, how to be a cool guy. It's like, no, it's, it's, it's like, it's basically essentialism where it's like, choose the things that you want to give a fuck about and then give a lot of fucks to them. Because if you're spreading out all your fucks. <laughs> I spread out all the fucks. Yeah. I've always, <laughs> I've always operated in a very carefree, improved uh, mentality like once I decide that I want to do something I do run with it and I kind of don't like question it and I just like I'm doing this now like growing up too my mom um, made this comment to me recently and I totally forgot that I did this but I have like a vivid memory of being at like a toy store as a kid and my mom was like you can get a toy my mom never did this so like it was fucking that, lit that, that that's day like, that was lit it that was day lit. I was like <laughs> was I can get a toy um so i literally look over at these like rubber bath toys and it was a pig it was like a mama pig that was in the shape of a boat and she had a bunch of little baby pigs that were like little rubber duckies essentially mm-hmm. and i'm like i want that and my mom was like so excited to have me run around the store and like look at all the toys and like decide what i wanted but i just like the first thing i looked at i chose it it's like i'm doing this or i'm getting this she's like don't you want to look at the other ones they have different animals of it and i was like no yeah. this one's <laughs> i mine. want this this one i've mine. decided already yeah. i just like scanned the store with my eyes i don't even like i didn't which just you know it takes away the wonder of things but it at the end of the day if i can like add wonder into that mentality it is a good mentality to have i don't really overthink the the physical so I, I think, overthink other things i think that's two different things right because I almost love that because that's like you chose what called to you. And I, I like, you know, I'm not like, I don't think I'm as spiritual as you are, but I really like the whole, like, if you felt like you wanted that thing and that's your, that's that energy calling to you, like, go for it. And at the same time, that's also kind of subscribing, not subscribe. It's almost like in line with the, the whole not giving a fuck thing. It's because like, I don't want to see all the other options. That's going to like right. flood what you're like, like, do you, oh, was that the one I actually really want? I have no idea. It's like, no, that one. I never go over my options. I chose a major based yeah. on what spoke to me. Um, well, it was another. I never go over my options. There's a really good example of that that I thought of. We're gonna have to edit this. <laughs> I think, no. I mean, thinking in, on the podcast is fine, right? I think, like moving here to Colorado was a really. Oh, a really I made that big decision, one. and it was never gonna change my mind. Once it's I like it's all choice. heart, and like when it is all heart. Normally, you know, like, you, you know you're going in the right direction. Like, that's that spiritualism that I really like, where it's like, if you can feel that you're making the right decision, like, shit's never going to go wrong. Right. Like, some things will be hard, but, like, it's it's either, this is a Hormozy quote, it's like, it's either you win or you learn. Like, you never, like, failing is learning, so it's either you win or you learn. Right. 
which but I think is amazing. There's definitely balance with it. I think um, one of the flaws that I think has come from this is I've always, this is going to sound horrible, but in school, I never revised my papers. I wrote them and I half the time didn't even reread them and I handed them in. And yeah, that is definitely that not either. a good practice, mm-hmm. but I mean, I got good grades in school, but looking back, I could have, you know, really perfected my craft. I could perfect my work if I just like let things fall through every now and then, like fix it and like build myself up, work on my skill. And I just, I really like just like, yeah. all right, I wrote it done. And so to, to that point, I feel like that's not. I agree because I was not very good at revising and I always thought it's because I didn't like revising. But after now working at a company that I actually enjoy working at and like learning what revision looks like properly and and less the form of writing, but more in the form of like sometimes writing, but more in the form of like video and stuff. It's like it, I think that's like number one, kind of like a skill that you learn to do later or like throughout life, but also number two, probably a fault in our school system. That's probably a a big fault in the education system where it's like they weren't like they didn't do a good enough job of like teaching you. It's like this is how good revision actually is. And it can feel good, too. Fair. Yeah. All I remember is just having a different due date for the the rough draft of the paper, the final draft. Exactly. They don't really they don't they don't teach you what it feel like that. That good feeling is like, holy shit, this reads so much better. Like this is like this is like a different piece of work just with a little bit of extra work. It's like, I, I, I feel you though. Cause I've definitely done that on things I've been passionate about. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, exactly. It and it's like the second it's like, you're enjoying it. It's like shit. Like, okay, this is some good shot. I'll, I'll rise this. Of course. Yeah. For me, it'd be like a small poem or if I were to write like a song, I'd want it to be perfect. Mm-hmm. A long paper. Oh, I, yeah. I don't think I've ever revised that's a, anything that's like a long that. paper about something you don't really care. About. Exactly. Like, eh, Lord of the flies. <laughs> animal farms like, mm, yeah. this one um i did find i did remember what i was going to talk about but I, I uh so i wrote it down i didn't want to interrupt your train of thought though completely if you wanted to this train is off track all right well let's let's just do it anyway um so one of the things i'm i'm realizing this about myself a small tangent real quick was that uh i i, I remember concepts really well cannot ever for the fucking life of me remember who said it like, I'm trying to get better at that <laughs> oh, by, like, naming them. But, like, even right now, I, like, watched this shit yesterday and read about it yesterday. I, I can't remember which person who I watched or read about said it. I mean, I'm bad at names, so personally, I'm good at names. Yes. I'm, like, pretty damn good at names. Just, like, attributing is... I'm not good at yet. We'll get better at it. Either way. Is it that you can't picture their face or like you're getting different videos or books mixed up with each other? I think it's a it's a mixture of mixing up, but I think I'm just way more focused on what they're saying than who is saying it. That's not horrible. Which I don't think is a bad thing. I, th- I just think it's kind of comical that I'm like, I'll probably misattribute a few people here and there during this podcast, uh, during our few, all of our podcast episodes. Um, I definitely, I have a thing where I don't remember names of album titles or song names Mm. um even if it's like my favorite album like i can like i have to think twice about what the album's even named (laughs) it's like what i don't remember i'm really good at album art like i can close my eyes and picture my favorite albums just how our brains are wired i guess yeah so i guess the so so the thing that i was gonna say earlier was um uh everyone has an unfair advantage and the reason that tangent was relevant is because I can't fucking remember who said it. But everyone has an unfair advantage. The world is unfair, 
but everyone has an unfair advantage. I think this is Hormozy. Either way, the whole thing is like, even if you think something is a disadvantage or some kind of like thing that's held you back, you can make it your advantage. It's all mental. So it's like people who don't have shit for money, right? Chances are if you didn't have shit for money, like you're probably a more creative person because you had to think around problems to get around these problems. Oh, I like that. So it's like these, but everyone's born with an unfair advantage or like, like the way they're brought up, they have an unfair advantage. So I was kind of like trying to think about like, okay, what are my unfair advantages? And I think one of those was relevant, which was like, I was, I was raised and I, I didn't come from a place with very much money at all. Um, and so it forced me to be more creative about certain things. Um, I think the other thing that I've heard positive feedback from friends and coworkers is that I have a pretty nice voice, which I'm trying to lean into in terms of an unfair advantage. That was one of the things mm. I journaled about yesterday where it's like, where it's like, okay, what are some of my unfair advantages? What are things that I can, like, use to my advantage? And it's, like, speaking is, like, one of those things I have over other people. Some people are just, like, not born with great voices. And it's not, like, a terrible thing. But I think I'm very grateful to have my dad's voice genetics kind of thing, right? Yeah, I can see you being, like, a voice actor. And so, so one of those things is, like, I tried voice acting for a little bit. I didn't put enough time into it or energy into it. I didn't give it enough attention, that essentialism concept, right? So, but one of the things that I was thinking about is during that essentialism process where I was, I was like, here are all of the things that I'm giving attention to. Here are all the things that I'm willing to cut out. The podcast was in this gray area where I was like, I committed to this, but I might have to be an asshole and tell Natalie I don't want to do this anymore. And then I thought about it where I was like, after I journal about like the unfair advantage thing, it's like, this can be a method for me to do work and work on my skills. So I don't have to drop it because like I can put some serious work into this and create something awesome with that. Yeah. And you know, when we started this, we talked about how we were going to kind of, you know, leniently do this. It's more about connecting with humans and Mm -hmm. talking to people. So if you feel like you're putting too much energy into this, like it doesn't have to be like an energy draining no, so I think actually in initially, I didn't want to put any energy in it. I just wanted to do the episode and be done with it. But now that I'm thinking about it, I want to put a moderate amount more a moderate, a amount. moderate amount of more energy into it. So it's like, yeah, this stuff that I'm doing with my friend, we're really like we're putting a good amount of like time, attention, and like love into this thing. A lot of life into the yeah. podcast. And because of that, it's going to build skills for both of us in different ways. Right? 100%, yeah. So, sure. like, that's why, like, when I was doing this stuff, like, I, I literally, like, I'll, you guys can't see it, but I will, I'll show Natalie. Um, where it's, like, this was my, like, energy thing. Oh, my goodness. And, I, like, I started, like, it, it didn't have all these circles and boxes and text and stuff. And so... My name is in Albert's energy circle. I wrote out the podcast and then i and and dnd was was another interesting gray area because it's like mm. i'm doing this it's a social thing i don't want to completely drop all my friends because like social being social is important to me and it was like one of those things where it's like these two i'm drawing a box around because these two if i want to keep them and commit time attention and energy to them then i have to do them well because if i don't do them well then that's disrespectful for to the people that i'm doing it with and it's disrespectful to my own time because if I'm not putting the energy in it, then what the fuck is the point? It makes you feel better. I think you're doing a great job. 
Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, that's what that's what I've kind of been thinking about this. So it, was that the reason <laughs> for you know kind of wanting to drop it at first? Is that you couldn't see yourself giving enough energy to it, or like what? What were the factors about the podcast that like wouldn't be worth? It wasn't that it, it was actually nothing about the podcast. It was like how much time can I give myself back to focus on that kind of original goal of like being really good at what I do for work. So it was like, okay, I'm spending a lot of time in all of these different areas. What can I cut out? So I started cutting stuff out. And then I was like, wait, but I actually don't technically need to cut out the podcast because if I work at it, that's another skill. And I literally wrote in my in the bottom right corner of that, there's a bunch of text you could see, but it's like, if I don't put in the work for this, it's fucking cope. And if I'm not putting in the energy for this, it's more respectful to Natalie if I just don't do it. You're so hard on yourself, Albert. Because it's like, if you want... For me, it's like, I don't... Like, I'm okay with doing just good, like, great things. I don't want to be... I think there's a there's a limiter in my mind where it's like, I don't really care to be, like, number one, the best. Like, Jeff Bezos, fucking 80 hours of work a week. But it's like, I do want to be up there. I do want to be really good at what I do. And I want to be of value. Right. And that's important for myself, not for other people. Right. And a lot of people think like that. And I think we have a, a good dichotomy going as podcast hosts because I don't view things in that sense. Just to, to, to put things into perspective, we're posting the first episode after we record this one so we haven't actually posted the first one yet just to give like a timeline yeah the um, audio is definitely a bit gonna be upgraded in this one too <laughs> yes you you'll hear us talking about in the first one how we're just kind of sitting on the floor and couch, couch cushions I'm, hopefully you've already listened to it but anyway um so yeah we haven't posted the first one yet the way i approach things is i'm coming at it from entry level no judgment attached like there's massive room for improvement mm -hmm. um it's gotten me to a pretty good spot so far and what i have improved on in life in my career especially um i recently moved into project management it's an entire new field for me but being able to look into the future and think of all the things that i have no idea about yet like taking my pmp and like studying What's for the peach test oh okay it's a huge test essentially for project managers to be certified to pretty much work in any industry and like prove that you're really good at your job and uh i know nothing virtually nothing close to nothing about project management yet. i've only been doing it for three months i'm learning a lot but i'm enjoying the process of learning and even if i you know can't perform my best right now i kind of just see every day as an improvement mm -hmm. so looking at the podcast i see that first episode and i think yeah the audio isn't great but damn the, the, the audio of the second one was better yeah. <laughs> and uh oh maybe we shouldn't have talked about that topic but we didn't talk about it again i i don't know it's just being it kind of ties back to that personality trait of not picking another toy at the toy store like mm. considering your options it's just you know growing like a tree would yeah I think I think for the toy analogy, it'd be more like I I I'm with you on the like I'm down for like taking it pretty easy, like doing these things, trying it out, lots of room for learning, and I'm I'm I I love that for a lot of things, but I guess like because I I feel like I've always for a while at least most of my life I've been very much like that. Mm -hmm. I think I'm just getting to a point where I'm like realizing what's around me. Um, 
and that's a very broad way of saying it, but it's kind of like I look at friends and people around me and people that I look up to, and it's like, how do I get to the point where I'm one of those people that I currently look up to? Honestly, just, and, oh, sorry. And Well, it's more of just like a wrap-up, not a wrap-up, but more of like a like all-encompassing thought, but it's like I, if I want to be closer and be more like all these people that I look up to currently, I can't be wasting time on other shit that I'm not committing fully to. It sounds like you see this as like a new implementation in your life. Implementation? (laughs) Implementation in your life. Um, But honestly, like I haven't known you for that long, but I do think that's always been a part of your personality. Um, At least since I've met you. Mm. I think that even if you weren't holding true to it, I do feel as though that is where your personality type strays. And me saying that we have a good dichotomy going with the, with the um, podcast hosting, we have like a yin-yang personality type. I feel that. So I need your structure in order for <laughs> this thing to work. <laughs> and I think you need my, my uh, you know, carefreeness in order for this to not feel too structured. Yeah, um, I like that. Yeah, that's kind of how I see it too. Like I, I definitely, our personality traits would work well for any sort of project that we wanted to. To yeah. tackle. I also like this uh the idea of like us switching off like topics and hosting each time. I so, agree. So next episode you can host and guide it more spiritually structured because I know you like to talk about that kind of stuff too. I do. I do. It's it's nice. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, the the routine thing. I think you're gonna find a good flow in it. Yeah. I. Not to call anyone out, but I went on a date with someone recently that, like, told me that they, you know, have this routine they do every night, and they do it in order at the same time every night. Um, they don't really steer from that, you know. They don't usually stretch after they shower. They gotta stretch before they shower. And uh, I, I see that, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's intense. <laughs> you want to, like, do the same thing every night? And you're okay with it? I don't know. I, I think I go back and forth between the two. Like, I do find comfort in like structure structuring my day beforehand mm-hmm. and then doing that and then i get kind of anxious and think like oh my god i'm a robot i need to do something totally spontaneous and amazing and I then guess... I, I live the spontaneous life for a little bit and then i'm like oh my god i need structure again yeah i guess well what's the um that's an interesting thing right because it's like what is the thought that's giving you like where where does that come from where it's like oh my god i'm being a robot why is that a bad thing Cause like I get like, cause you're not a fucking robot. I'm not a robot. Like I break my routine. Like I go overtime. I go past my bedtime. Whatever the fuck. Like I won't work out for a day. It's like, yeah. But like I, I, I'm like realizing like structure is good to keep me on track for when I do need to be focused. I'm guessing. I, I guess my question is like, we do. Do you know like where is that like a is that like a thing that you've been influenced to think that no, like having just, that structure is not good? I can feel. The, the the fun aspect of life lacking when I when I fall too much into routine yeah um and like life not really allowing for me to structure every hour mm-hmm. I definitely I don't think I've ever really gone too long structuring every hour but hey, if I'm I brand were new to, to it if I were to I think it would make me really anxious if something were to come up that would mess up the the schedule you know mm. even if it's only half an hour or something i'm like well now, now i need to move everything half an hour back like i was even stressing out the other day my friend wanted to go climbing in golden 
instead of Englewood. And that's 30 minutes from where I live versus eight minutes away. And so I started thinking, well, I just got back from work. I'd have to realistically leave in 15 minutes if I were to make it to Golden um, at the time that they're going. And then by the time that I get there and I climb for what, an hour and a half, then I drive back. It's going to be like 930. That's too late to eat dinner. I can't eat dinner at 930. And I'm going to go to bed in half an hour. That's just not good for my body. And so I was like, well, what if I eat dinner now? But then I'm eating dinner before I go work out. That's also not good. And I ended up just not climbing that night because I was like freaking out about just the timings of things. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, that I feel that. But also like, I think I leave enough time to where it's flexible. Either way, this whole regimenting thing is very new to me, as you can see. But um, I I, I think where this stems from, I, I don't think I ever went into too much detail i won't go into too much detail and explain it but i basically started google calendaring fucking everything i want to do out for the day at least like a few hours ahead of time or a day like this morning like i made my schedule this morning so but it was very much like i woke up with all right real quick context uh yesterday i scheduled out my entire day so i was like okay i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do a real quick run in the morning do a cold shower um do like basically plan out my day uh, a little bit more and then just work and then like make sure i get my youtube video done and stuff uh cool and then i woke up this morning feeling great because i did all that shit yesterday and i woke up and i'm like fuck i didn't i didn't schedule or structure anything for today i have no idea what to do like i i, I, I like generally knew what i was gonna stare at a wall like I, what i wanted to do because i know kind of generally what i want to do but it, it'll just pop out there at the day and then like my schedule's all over the place and what i'm realizing is it's like i feel way better at the end of the day knowing i have free time to spend on something that i want to spend it on rather than like realizing at the last second ah shit i didn't do this thing so basically this morning i was just like okay first thing i'm gonna do because we already talked about it is like i'm gonna go to the gym because it's gonna make me feel better for this podcast so i went to the gym and i was like ah shit but i need to get groceries afterwards i was like okay i'll do that after now and then natalie was like oh i gotta push like 20 30 minutes i was like cool i'll get groceries right after that's fine and it's like it right. tripped you up for a second, though. Yeah, I was did, like, can we do one? And it he goes, did trip me up for a hot uh, second. Uh, so. uh, <laughs> but I didn't realize that he had these, like, planning... Like, he had implemented planners in his life since the last time I saw you. Like, you weren't doing this. So no. I was like, yeah, I'll push back an hour. You won't care. But this is very much... Because I, I do feel the, uh, the whole chaos thing. Because it's like, after a while... Because I have lived this kind of life before for a few months. And it's like, it does get like, fuck, I need to go do sh- some shit. And, like, I need some chaos in my life. Right? I need a little bit of difference, a little bit of like spice. Right. And I think that's where like I like my company I'm very grateful for is like we have this kind of PTO thing and I, I get to work from home from for the most part. So it's like next like this coming week, like I'm off this entire week. I'm gonna go see I'm gonna go see my girlfriend in Canada. Or it's like in like and I made this plan, it's like after I come back, I'm gonna do this regimented schedule, I'm gonna go hard, and then in August I have a work travel trip. I'm not going to fucking stay on a diet. I'm going to drink beer and stay up late and Hell shoot this yeah. shit with my coworkers. And then it's like back to work. Okay, back on the schedule. And that's my birthday in October. It's like, fuck yeah, I'm going to go do stupid shit then. Can I plan a day to get drunk with you? I haven't been drunk with you in a long time. I thought we were talking about not drinking. Well, if we plan it, then mm. technically it's fine. We can plan it a month out. <laughs> um, But... <laughs> you good? Like, you just like kind of, I, just watched, I just watched your brain shut off. Like, what the fuck is that? I shut off for a second. Um, something that I 
have been thinking about when it comes to my routine or not routine I guess you would say but scheduling things like my friends and I most of my friends have the weekends off Mm -hmm. so you know having adult friendships is hard to kind of like text someone day of do you want to do this like it's not gonna happen so we usually plan a couple weeks in advance but I have so many friends I'm so blessed and lucky I love all my friends I'm so grateful for all of them and I will say yes to anything they ask me to do that's the problem (laughs) and so like my weekends are packed with like seeing friends and doing all these fun things and I realize like well I fuck I didn't do laundry this weekend yeah and I didn't do this and like that's when I get stressed out like I kind of have been saying no to a lot lately and that's this essentialism stuff um but mainly like i haven't been planning my weekends structurally but i've been leaving them open and i wake up that morning and decide like hey i'm gonna go on a solo hike today and i'm gonna have a really awesome time on the mountain by myself and i can come home and do my laundry i don't have to worry about anyone else i didn't plan anything i can like leave i can hike up half the mountain and realize that there's like things i want to do like go back like just leaving my weekends open and not structuring them has worked out really well for me like my my mental health lately absolutely no i i i I will definitely do that a couple of times like I, i have done that and i think i will continue to have a couple of those weekends but yeah when i'm feeling this like kind of like regimented stuff is like oh shit like i kind of like yeah, I think I think I'll just do like a little on and off, so I'm definitely. Like I said, you'll find your flow with it. Oh my god! As I say that, I look over and we've been doing this for an hour. Yeah. You ready to host next episode? I'm so ready. All right. I'm excited. Hell yeah! I'm gonna put your mind through the ringer. What You're gonna have fuck? to go to therapy afterwards, Albert. Oh damn! You're gonna have to go to therapy right after. All right. Well, I guess we can call it there for this episode. Yeah. Um. Thank you for listening. Thanks for coming over, Nat. Of course. And, yeah. Stay tuned we'll for the next one. Talk to you after I'm back from Canada, I guess. Yeah. All right. Ooh. Bye, everybody. Oh, it's National Canada Day. Oh, okay. Canada. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.